This is Art Therapy. Just a few humble discussions on art and the creative process. Its challenges, its rewards, and how it emerges in everybody. Whether you're whizzing around at 2 in the morning with ideas or racking your brains on a boring afternoon for just one stroke of inspiration. Here, we talk about it all. Hello, it's Ted once again. So most of us, I'm going to assume all of you, were given the best possible gift that education can give you. It was a gift that not a majority of people had a few hundred years ago, and many still don't have it today. A gift that seems small and quite difficult at an early age, but once it's with you, it's with you forever, and it expands your learning exponentially. We were taught the ability to read and write. We take it for granted now, reading thousands of words per day minimum, but if you take a step back and notice, reading and writing is really an amazing resource. You have the ability to store thoughts and information into a precise, communicative form and keep it, distribute it, speak it, and store it for years, decades, centuries, or millennium. We know so much about our history simply because someone decided to write down as much as they could and record what happened. I mean, can you imagine trying to explain the American Civil War when you only get the story by word of mouth and passing on the story to the younger generations? Our memories are so fragile that it would be like a game of telephone. At the end of the line, we'd think that Abraham Lincoln led an army of British redcoats to fight John Wilkes Booth. Writing is, for the most part, permanent and precise, capturing the moment with the utmost accuracy and lasting much longer than one person, let alone their short-term memory. And reading, well, reading allows you to take in so much more information than one teacher telling you everything about the world. And, well, if you do it right, it would be like getting a master's degree without ever leaving your armchair. So, this episode was going to be about why you should read more and the benefits of reading and all that, but honestly, it seemed a little Captain Obvious. Also, if I tell you last week you put in an hour of art in your day, then time to read, then next episode, something else, I'm just filling your schedule. And, well, this is, of course, assuming that you actually do any of it. But regardless, I, instead, I want to explore reading itself and the process of taking in information and how it uh, accumulated over history. How does it relate to art? Well, simple. We can't make art in a vacuum. You can't just sit down and generate something amazing. You need to pull from your world, mix and match, and create a hybrid of 10 different things in life that you connect to. Reading connects you to so much knowledge, meaning, feeling, stories, pictures, and experiences that taking everything in gives you a lot to work with as an artist. Make sense? I think so. Let's go. The past 6,000 years has been a very slow but exponentially growing process of making information easier to access. We started simply with pictures of what we saw, and those translated to symbols and glyphs around uh, 3500 BCE. At the time, Sumerians weren't even intending on keeping recorded history, they simply wanted to keep track of their trades of wool and jewelry and goats and so on. But that's what we used to learn about early Mesopotamia and the first societies. These economic records became a bit more advanced with cuneiform wedges impressed into clay to describe the goods that were being traded and the amount. Around the 1800s BCE, it's argued that the Egyptians worked out the first alphabet, as in symbols that describe not just the words, but the sounds and the phonetics that allow you to piece words together. Revolutionary, I know. The Venetians perfected this alphabet around the Iron Age, and the Phoenician alphabet was the standard for merchants around the entire East. 
causing the script to spread rapidly and evolving into many other scripts, one of which was the Greek alphabet, and that was soon to become Latin and Cyrillic. At this point, writing was definitely being perfected as a way to tell stories and poetics, rather than a few communications and ledgers and things like that. Poetics such as the Iliad and the Odyssey and Greek dramas. Around this point in the Middle Ages, Latin and Arabic dominated as the main languages in writing. Spain, with mostly Arabic literature, housed the largest library in the world at the time. Finally, a dedicated place to store writing indefinitely so it can be remembered for generations. And of course, Latin disintegrated into various forms in order to account for the different languages. Arabic slowly declined after the end of the Islamic Golden Age, and technology started to ramp up. Oh yeah, that's right. Quill pens with metal nibs getting pretty fancy. Obviously, scrawling into clay gets a little heavy. Ink on paper allows for light versatility, plenty of storage. And did someone say printing press? That's right, 1439. A device with inked so keys that can print 25 pages in an hour. More than 10 times faster than handwriting, and you can print many, many, many pages with the same press leading to tens of millions of volumes of books becoming available and inexpensive. From then on to the 1800s, reading and writing and authorship became a common practice. Reading was no longer confined to the wealthy minority. The Enlightenment brought forth an age of reading as a pastime and a leisurely activity. Funnily enough, if you think cell phones are ruining society, people in the Enlightenment era were adamantly against reading in bed. <laughs> Yeah, those hooligans with their nighttime readings. Well, not only do people think it was dangerous because of, well, reading by candlelight by your bed equals fire, naturally, but there was also an idea that reading was a passive exercise lesser than writing, kind of like uh, watching sports versus playing in them. Regardless, though, the press became more and more modernized. Instead of having to arrange 600 tiny cubes of letters for every letter on the page, why not have a button for every letter to hit when that letter comes up. Thus came the much faster typewriter, followed by the computer and then the cell phone and so on and so forth, to speed up history a little bit. Nowadays, quintillions of words are available at your phone, tablet, Kindle, laptop, and so on. Information has become ridiculously easy to access now. We've even developed workarounds if you don't have time to sit down and absorb words with your eyes. Audiobooks? allowing time for you to absorb information from a book while you're driving, doing chores, walking, and so on. It constantly enables you to experience the benefits of reading and learning all the time at the tap of your screen. And we're just barely scratching the surface of texting, a brand new phenomenon that lets you speak to anyone in the world instantly in short messages, combining the eloquence of the written word with the informal nature of conversation. It's really interesting if you think about it. So what does the future of reading and writing have in store for us? Well, perhaps at some point we'll be able to inject bodies of text into our brains and instantly learn a library's worth of knowledge. <laughs> Someday. So I wanted to outline this history of the written word like this just to impress upon people how cool the reading and writing process is when you think about it and how lucky we are today to have access to so much information instantaneously. The only hurdle now is to figure out what information is valuable to us and what's a dinosaur singing yee for 10 hours. <laughs> I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but writing is the closest we can get to thinking. And the more you read, the more you can mind-read amazing thinkers of the past and present. The more genius you take in, the better you can spit out artistically. 
it's why I recommend journaling in the previous episode, and it's why reading is a valuable skill that we shouldn't take for granted, because a lot of history has led up to the literate society that we are now. Well, there you go. That's sort of the history of how reading and writing came to be. Um, if you want to read something artistic now, but you don't know where to start, I got you. I'll link a few books I found in the description. Lots of different opinions and ideas and a delicious trail mix of information. Cool, cool. I will see you guys next week.